Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the August 31st episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. It is back in your life. Did you think I was gone forever? Of course, I wouldn't leave you guys like that, especially with the football season coming up. Uh, And you probably know this is the first episode being recorded in the United States of America. God bless America. Gambler bless America, even. Uh, I moved over here about 10 days ago, uh, currently staying in Newark, New Jersey. I'll be moving to my apartment in Brooklyn on Wednesday the 1st. I am excited, uh, no offense to any of you New Jersey people who listen, but I'm excited to leave the city and never step foot in it again. But (laughs) I wanted to record an episode, of course, especially because I'm going to be moving my apartment here later in the week, so it's going to get hectic. The NFL season starts next week, if you hadn't heard. A little over a week, going to be opening night. Um, So, with it being NFL season, I will once again be doing my road to... I guess it's not 256 bets anymore, is it? Because uh, we got another extra season of the regular season this year in the NFL. So, what is it? I'm not going to try to figure that out in my head. I'm going to use my calculator here. 16 times... No, 17 times 32. We are doing a road to... 544 bets? No, that's not right. 17 times 16. Right. 272. Right. Because <laughs> you need two teams to play a game. So it's 272. 207. Road to 272 bets, my friends. Um, I'm going to break down my record. Uh, if you don't remember from last year, I'll break a dial get into it next week when I record my first episode of that but this week the point I was trying to get to is that I am going to be breaking down my full season preview I'm going to go through each team team by team division by division I'm going to give you for all 32 teams I'm going to give you my over under bet on their win total and then at the end of each division breakdown I'm going to give you my pick to win that division and the odds and then and then at the end and of course I will have the timestamps in the description if you guys just want to skip ahead to whatever part you want to listen to uh, and then at the end I will give my 
pick for most of the major awards and a few other bets. I have a few teams that I'm betting on to make the playoffs, a few teams I'm betting on to miss the playoffs. My bet for every award, my NFC champion, AFC champion, and then eventual, I will finish the show with giving you my Super Bowl pick to win. What is it this year? Super Bowl 56? Super Bowl 50? Super Bowl 56. Look at that. I got that one right at least. Um, But yeah, I am in the States now. I've been here for 10 days. I haven't really left my Airbnb too much. I'm very excited to move over to Brooklyn. A few first impressions. Number one, and this was an immediate impression that I noticed within about an hour of crossing the border. I drove. I did not fly. I drove. I had too much to bring with me. I brought my cat with me. Shout out Daisy. Um, American flags. You guys love your American flags, eh? I saw in the first hour of my drive, and I drove through Maine. Um, Callis, Maine is where I crossed. I think the first hour of my drive, I saw more American flags than I've seen Canadian flags in my entire life. Like, one street was literally just like every like 50 feet was just an American flag on the side of the road. <laughs> you guys love your American flag. Um, another first impression is your beer is very cheap. I bought a 12-pack of Moosehead beer I found at the at a liquor store around here this past weekend, and it cost me $12. $12 for a 12-pack of beer. I lived in Fredericton, New Brunswick for... That's where I finished my university. That's I lived there a few years afterwards. The brewery where that beer is brewed and made is in St. John, New Brunswick, which is about an hour drive away. While I was living in Fredericton, this was the case for the rest of... Atlantic Canada that I lived in, that same 12-pack would cost me 24 25 26 bucks. But somehow, down in the States, even though it's way far away from where it's actually brewed, it's like more than half price. If beer is like 12 bucks for 12 beer here, I might, I might become an alcoholic. That could be a problem. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, also, my first weekend here, I had tickets to go to the Liberty National on Sunday. I was going to go to the final round of that. So excited because one of the main reasons I'm excited to live in the States and live in New York is that I'll be able to go watch professional sporting events, which is not something that exists in Canada or in, I should say on the East Coast of Canada whatsoever. And of course, uh, the round got canceled, got moved to Monday, and then they didn't allow fans to go on Monday. So that was just my luck. I couldn't go to that. That was a bummer. And it was like the first time in like three years that they've delayed a, uh, a Sunday round to Monday. So absolute stinger for that to happen. My first day in the United States. I was very excited to go to that, but Hey, that's the way it goes. I'm going to have plenty of opportunities to watch professional sports, including my Falcons are coming to New York to play the giants in a September. I am haven't yet, but I will be buying a ticket to that. I'll be able to watch my Falcons in person. For the very first time, so super excited for that. But that those are my quick, quick first impressions of the United States. I'll keep you guys updated. Like I said, I haven't done, I've done hardly anything. I did drive to Brooklyn to meet my roommates who I met online. I met them in person last week, so I got to see the area I'll be living in for a little bit. Williamsburg seemed nice. Um, we had a beer. We'll see how the roommate situation go goes. They seem like nice, reasonable guys, but uh, I haven't really got to get the full American experience. So I'm excited for that. Once I move to Brooklyn on Wednesday, but that's it. Let's let's get into these picks because this is going to be a this is going to be this is going to be a long one because I have a lot to get through. I have how many words of notes? I have five thousand two hundred seventy-two words written down worth of notes. So I'm going through every single team, 
Like I said, I will then give my division winners, and I'm giving my over-under win total for all 32 teams. And at the end, I'm going to quickly go through my favorite futures bets for this upcoming NFL season. And then next week will be the start of the road to 272 bets. So I'll timestamp everything in the description. If you don't want to listen to the whole thing, skip ahead to when I talk about your favorite team. Skip ahead to the end when I recap anything, whatever you do, or just listen to the whole thing. Um, the odds I'm going to list in this podcast are from a couple various books. Um, no longer sponsored by BetUS. Since I now work for BetSided, I'm now in the uh, regulated sportsbook game, so I can't have an offshore book sponsor this podcast. So, um, no sponsors. Anyone out there that wants to sponsor me, sponsor this podcast, hit me up. Without further ado, let's get into. The return of the Bacon Bets podcast, it is the NFL season preview, August 31st episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Utility man. All right, let's get into it. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to go by the area. So we're going to start with NFC North and AFC North, NFC East, AFC East, the two Souths, and then the two Wests. So we're going to start on this long journey here with the NFC North, and the first team I'm looking at is the Green Bay Packers. So... I, th- I think, I mean, there's no reason why the Packers shouldn't be a top team in the NFC again. And I don't really know if anyone can kind of argue that. It kind of seemed like maybe they weren't if Aaron Rodgers was going to go to the Broncos this offseason, which it looked like was going to happen. But I don't really know if I ever really fully believed that that was going to happen. Um, he's back. It's basically the same team as last year. Uh, they scored the most points per game last year. They averaged 31.5, second most yards per game, averaging 393.8. First and third down conversion percentage, which, in my opinion, is extremely important. I value that stat quite a bit. I think that's a sign of an efficient offense if you're able to convert on a lot of your third downs. Uh, and they were the best in the NFL. Also, I think Aaron Jones is one of, if not the most underrated running backs in the NFL. Now, it's kind of hard to say that because most people haven't ranked as, like, five six seven range um but i think he's like i think i would put him three maybe four uh probably yeah i'd probably put him four i think i'd go cmc nick chubb dalvin cook and then aaron jones notice i didn't say derrick henry in the in that top four more on him in a little bit when i get to the titans but packers once again their defense is probably going to be their downfall this season uh, the thing that kind of keeps them from reaching the Super Bowl, they're not a bad defense, but they're average. They really got picked apart, especially in the NFC Championship game. It seems like every when they make the NFC Championship, that's their downfall is um, pass defense. They just get picked apart through the air. I know the Falcons back in 2017 or whatever year it was that my heart was ripped in two, uh, Matt Ryan just torched them. Uh, but they did get Eric Stokes out of uh, Georgia, who's a cornerback, so hopefully he will be able to help their secondary a little bit. But... Uh, Packers win total is at 10 and a half, uh, which is kind of insane. And I'm definitely going to take the over on that. I don't know if sportsbooks know something that we don't, but I, I feel like 11 wins should be in a 17 game season. Uh, I feel like 11 wins should be easy for this team, shouldn't it? They should be a top 
two, three, at worst, the fourth best team uh, in, in in the NFC this year. So I don't see how they don't surpass uh, uh, 10, 10 and a half wins to reach 11. Also, these win projections are always a little bit weird, or they're going to be a little bit weird this year with it being a 17-game schedule because you normally think of a team to get 10 wins and they'd usually make it in the playoffs um, 10 and 6 season, a good team. But then with that set, like with that 17th game, like 10 and 7 isn't, doesn't sound nearly as good as 10 and 6. So these win totals are a little weird. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how uh, this plays out. And also, if you're looking at win totals, one of the things that you should look at is what team each team plays as their extra 17th game. So if you don't know, the 17th game um, is actually going to be a fifth game against an AFC team. And it's just like, a, or I guess I should say the opposite conference of, of the conference that the team plays in. So in the NFC teams, that extra game is going to be against an AFC team and vice versa. So take a look at that because, I mean, you know, there's a team out there. I don't know who it is off the top of my head who they have to play the Chiefs as their extra game this season. There's another team out there that gets to play against the Texans as their extra game. So that that that's going to be important, especially when you're looking at win totals. You're, you're going to want to look to see what that extra game is. So... Packers over 10 and a half wins. That's uh, that's my first win total here. We're going to stay in the NFC North. I'm looking at the Minnesota Vikings next. And the Vikings are actually my surprise team of this upcoming NFL year. I got one AFC team that is kind of my surprise team. My NFC team is the Vikings. Their defense, let's be honest, was atrocious last season. They were a shell of themselves. Uh, Michael Pierce opted out. Dan- Daniel Hunter, or yeah, Daniel Hunter, he was hurt. Anthony Barr was hurt. Just having three those three guys back alone will make a massive change. Daniel Hunter, especially, he's a beast. He's one of the m- most underrated pass rushers in the NFL. And also, I think Mike Zimmer, obviously a defensive-minded guy. He's smart enough. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's gonna coach one of the league's worst defense for a second straight year. I think he's gonna get his defense in check. And then when you look at the Vikings offense, they actually had one of the best offensive teams in the NFL last year. Fourth in the NFL in yards per game, they averaged 393.2 per game. Fourth in yards per carry at 4.9. Dalvin Cook himself averaged five yards a carry. Fantastic receiving core, obviously. Justin Jefferson, one of the best rookies in the NFL last year. Adam Thielen. Win totals at nine wins. And I'm going to take the over on that. It's actually one of my favorite total bets of the season as far as wins go. I think the Vikings are going to be a, a good t- good a very good team in the nfc is their defense going to be a top tier unit no but i think their defense is going to be a lot better this year and they only need an average defense because their offense is just that good i know everyone hates kirk cousins they say he's a bum and he doesn't really show up in primetime games but you can't really deny the stats if you actually look at the stats i bet you will be surprised with what they are next chicago bears now, anyone who followed me last year or listened to this podcast last year knows how I feel about the Chicago Bears. I called them frauds, and they're five and one. And then they went on to lose six straight games, and then they finished eight and eight. They barely sneaked in the playoffs, and then got crushed by the Saints, I believe it was, in the first round. So I will admit, though, Justin Fields, he might end up being a great NFL quarterback. But in my opinion, as long as Matt Nagy is there, the Bears aren't going to succeed. He lets his ego make decisions for him. That's never a good recipe for a head coach. you got to put your ego aside. I actually think that if the fans and media heading into the season were begging him to start Andy Dalton, he would name Justin Fields a starter. I feel like he makes these decisions sometimes, like, not because he thinks they're the right decision. It's like he wants to let people know that at the end of the day it's his call and he has the power to make those calls. I truly believe that. I act Now, nobody would make, like, nobody would be begging 
the Bears to start Andy Dalton this season. But if we were lived in some bizarre world and, and Chicago fans were desperate for Andy Dalton to start the season, I bet you he would name Justin Fields a starter just to say he could. Now, the Bears' recipe, as has been their entire history, it's weird. They never have a good offense, but usually what their recipe is, they have one of the NFL's best defense, and then the seasons they find success are the seasons that their offense at least can be competent. But they don't have that defense anymore. The Bears' defense is not what it used to be, not what it usually is. 13th in scoring defense last year, 11th in opponent yards per game, so not bad. They're slightly above average, but certainly not good enough to carry this shitstorm of an offense. Only way I'll be wrong is if the Bears do end up starting Justin Fields earlier than I think they will. Um, and he ends up being good, which is still up for debate. But regardless, I'm going to take the under 7.5 fans, or under seven and a half wins. Bears fans, please don't get mad at me for that. But under 7.5 wins for the Chicago Bears. Now, the Detroit Lions. Do I need to say much about this team? We all know the Lions are going to be the dumpster fire. There's one obvious dumpster fire team in the NFC. There's one in the AFC. The Lions are the NFC version of it. I don't know what they're thinking hiring Dan Campbell. Have we not learned that these, like, raw, raw coaches that think they can just, like, tough guy their way to wins, like, through motivational speeches and 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 these quips about, you know, biting guys in the kneecaps and stuff? Don't we know that that doesn't work in the NFL? That might work in high school. That could even possibly work in college. That's not going to work in the NFL. I mean, if he's is he, if he's at halftime of a game and he's coaching against a Bill Belichick type guy or um, John Harbaugh type guy or Mike Tomlin type guy, and they make adjustments at halftime to perfectly perfect adjustments to stop the Lions' offense, the Lions come out in the second half. Is Dan Campbell yelling at his team and telling them to bite their opponents in the kneecaps going to help him figure out the game plan that Bill Belichick just drew up at halftime? No. This is the NFL. That shit's it's not going to work also. Did you guys see the clip of him making his players do up-downs <laughs> in training camp? Like he's fucking Denzel Washington and Remember the Titans? That's a very real quick way to make grown adults not like you. That's the thing, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more when I talk about uh, uh, the Jaguars and, and Urban Meyer, but... Like, if you're a head coach in the NFL, you have to treat your players like adults, and some of these guys just don't. Like, you can't force them to do up-downs like you're, in a, like you're in a montage in a movie. These guys are NFL players. They're in shape. They don't need to do up-downs. That's how you get them against you very quick. Also, the defense allowed 419.8 yards per game last season and didn't get any better in the offseason. The lines are going to be absolutely terrible. Under 5.5 wins, no question about it. Now, as far as my winner of the NFC North, I'm taking, I'm taking a little risk here. A little risky. Give me the Minnesota Vikings plus 250 to win the NFC North. Packers probably will, to be fair. But if we're talking about betting odds, we're talking about value, I believe in the Vikings team this year, man. I really, I really do. I think last year was a little bit of an anomaly year. They lost a lot of close games. They had a banged-up defense. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings to win the NFC North at plus 250. And, of course, that means we got the AFC North up. Next, we're going to start with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I think the Ravens are one of the toughest teams to figure out this year. Obviously, their team comes down to Lamar Jackson. He did regress a little bit last year. He was not the MV- He was not in MVP form like he was two years ago. So the question is, is he going to be closer to the MVP form? Is he going to be 
as good or as bad as he was last year, or is he going to be worse? Now, I'm going to lean towards him taking another step towards regressing. I know this is kind of like an old man yells at the cloud kind of argument, uh, and I recognize that. That's fair. But I, I just don't think a scrambling run-first quarterback can have long-term sustained success in the NFL. Like I said, I know that's an old man yells at cloud kind of argument, but I mean, name one who had a long, successful career. Most of these guys are flashes in the pan that do very, very, very well, compete on an MVP type level for a small handful of years, and then they get kind of average, and then they just kind of phase out. As a former Michael Vick fan, I can attest to that. Now, I know people get offended when you compare Michael Vick to Lamar Jackson, but I mean, come on. Mar Jackson is a run-first quarterback. You can't say he's not. Ravens ranked dead last in receiving yards per game last season, only averaging 171.9. But at the same time, the Ravens do have one of the best defenses in the NFL once again. Um, I think they were the top-scoring defense in the league last year, so it's a tough call. The over-under wins is at 11. I am going to go under, but I will not die on that hill. I recognize I could be very, very wrong with that. Next, we got the Cleveland Browns. Now, I am a big, big, big believer in the Cleveland Browns um, this season because I'm a big believer, and this is another kind of old man football guy take, but I think it's true. I think football games are won in the trenches, and it's ironic because offensive, definitely offensive line, to some extent defensive line, are not sexy positions. How many offensive linemen can you name in the league? Truly. I mean, I'm a diehard NFL fan. I don't know if I can name 10. But yet, I think the offensive line is the most important position in football. And the Browns, collectively, offensive line and defensive line, might be the best combined offensive and defensive line in the NFL. Their offensive line is certainly top-notch. A lot of people would say that they do have the best offensive line in the NFL. And then their defensive line is probably around top 10. I think that would be fair. Is that fair? We'll see how Jadavion Clowney works out this year, but... Combined, they might have the best trenches in the NFL. Also, love Nick Chubb. This Nick Chubb averaged 5.6 yards per carry last season. 5.6. Behind uh, Christian McCaffrey, I, and I only put Christian McCaffrey in front because he's such a receiving threat as well. But behind Chris McCaffrey, Nick Chubb is my number two running back in the NFL this year, especially like I'm talking like in fantasy terms, if you're going to draft a fantasy team. He would have got, I think, more uh, recognition last year, but he only played in 12 games. He only had 15.8 carries per game. I expect a very, very big year from Nick Chubb this year. Very high on Nick Chubb. Very high on the Browns. Because another thing that they did is they addressed some of their biggest weaknesses this offense on the defensive side. They signed Troy Hill from the Rams at cornerback, who's a stud. Great signing. They also signed Anthony Walker from the Colts, linebacker. Two fantastic, fantastic signings for the Browns. Love them this season. Over 10.5 wins for the Cleveland Browns. Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're going to take a step back this year. If you remember last year, much like I called the Bears frauds, I called the Steelers frauds. I said they were the worst 11-0 team in NFL history or... I think it was 11. It would 11 I think it was 11 and 0. Um, uh, I took Washington football team money line against them and it cashed. Probably my favorite bet I hit last season because I put out a, out a video claiming exactly that the Steelers were the worst 11 and 0 team in NFL history and that the Washington was going to beat them outright. And I actually went back and looked at that tweet recently. <laughs> the replies to that tweet, everyone said I was an idiot. Jill Glant, my former coworker, said it was the worst bet he's ever seen, and then it cashed. And as a sports better, as a sports better, 
sports betting content creator, there is no better feeling than putting out a bet that everyone tells you is a stupid bet that'll never hit that ends up hitting. So that was perfection. But enough patting myself on my back here. Uh, I do think the Steelers are going to take a little bit of a step back. I think as long as Big Ben is there, they're not going to be a good team. He should have retired this offseason. He looked, it was kind of tough to watch him at times down the stretch last year. Now, I do actually really like Najee Harris. I think he's going to have a fantastic year, but I think it's I think it's going to get hard to watch Big Ben this season. I think I think he's going to have a rough year. So I'm going to go under eight and a half wins for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think sportsbooks kind of agree with me because I think they're big, actually like sizable underdogs to make the playoffs again this year. Their win totals at eight and a half, and I think that's lower than what the public has their expectations of the Steelers, but I'm going even lower than those projected numbers. I'm going under eight and a half wins. Don't believe in the Steelers this year. Uh, Bengals. Now, I am the captain of the Joe Burrow fan club. You guys know this, but i got to be honest. I am a little bit nervous this year. He's admitted in training camp that he's still not 100% comfortable since the injury last year, and you can't be a good quarterback if you're not confident or comfortable, especially when you have a bad offensive line. That's my number one issue with the Bengals. They're building the rest of the team before they're building their offensive and defensive lines, and that's the opposite approach teams should take, in my opinion. Now, I know Jamar Chase was the sexy pick in the draft, but I truly believe that taking the best offensive lineman available would have been such a better pick. And it's, I mean, it's coming true so far because Jamar Chase is not looking good in the preseason. A lot of drops. Once again, I mean, that's preseason, so it's kind of tough to put too much stock behind that. But I think the better pick would have been for them to go offensive line. The Bengals allowed three sacks per game last season, 27th in the NFL, and now they have a former number one overall draft pick who's coming into his second year, and he's coming off a major knee injury. Protecting him should have been their number one priority this season. Number one, it should have been. But they went out and really made no moves and then drafted the sexy pick instead of what the right pick was in Jamar Chase. So, uh, And then on defense, they have a defense that's allowed 5.1 yards per carry last season. Really not much better at all either. I think Cincinnati fans are in for another rough year. As much as I love Joe Burrow, he's by himself out there. Under six and a half wins for the Cincinnati Bengals, which brings me to my AFC North division winner. You can probably tell based on how I talked about each team. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns at plus 155. All right, so there are the North divisions. Then we're going to the East. NFC East we're starting with. Going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys tied an NFL record last season for starting their season 0-8 against the spread, and I think I was on them for at least half of those games. I think it was more. I think probably like six of those games I was on them. Um, Actually, Kevin Connolly. Do you guys know Kevin Connolly? He's E in Entourage. Uh, We got into, well, a few times now on Twitter, a spat about the Islanders, Um, but I think he knew when I was kind of getting into it about the Islanders with him and with other people that I was kind of being tongue-in-cheek. He followed me. Um, and he actually DM'd me last year uh, during one week, asked me for my best bet for that week in the NFL. He said he needed an absolute lock. And I, <laughs> I gave him the Dallas Cowboys, and I think it was the week that Dak got hurt. I uh, gave him the Cowboys. They didn't win or cover. And then the next week, I was like, listen, I know last week Fuck got fucked up. Dak got hurt. I think it was I think it was the week Dak got hurt. But trust me, Cowboys this week is the bet to make. You got to do it. <laughs> And then they didn't cover again, and I haven't heard from him since. So, 
<laughs> I blew my chance of being friends with Kevin Connolly. I gave him some shitty picks. So that one's on me. Fuck you, Cowboys, for doing that to me. Uh, but I digress. Dak Prescott. People forget Dak Prescott was on pace to smash the NFL record for passing yards in a season before going down with an injury last year. Like, he was going to smash it by, like, 600 yards or something. I think he was the first quarterback to throw for 300 yards in three straight games. I think that was the record that he set. Um, there should be, as long as he stays healthy, and that's a big if, there should be no question that the Cowboys will have one of the top offenses in the NFL. I mean, you got Ezekiel Elliott, you got Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb looks to be a beast, um, Michael Gallup, who's the fucking oh Amari Cooper? I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be a stacked offense. It is the defense that worries me. Now they they did get Micah Parsons in the draft and former Falcon safety Keanu Neal, so they should be improved a little bit on defense. Uh, but is that gonna be a win enough to win the division? Mm, stay tuned you'll get my opinion opinion but for win total nine and a half wins i will take the over but i think that's a sharp number i think nine and a half is right uh i'll take the over on it though it helps that they're in a weaker division uh then we're going to the washington football team now if you could combine the cowboys offense with the washington defense you'd probably have the best team in the nfl instead washington is the complete opposite of the cowboys all defense no offense now they should at least be a little bit better this year with Fitzpatrick under center. He'll likely, though, have a classic Fitzpatrick season. Fans have kind of fallen in love with Fitzpatrick, but, I mean, this guy has never held a starting gig at quarterback for a team once in his career for a reason, right? He's played, like, 16 different teams. There's a reason why. So, I mean, some games are absolutely electric, but he loses other games just based because he throws, like, five interceptions. So, their defense... Truly something to behold. 2.9 sacks per game last season. 11th in opponent yards per carry. Chase Young lived up to the hype, but this was all without getting any help from their offense whatsoever. Their offense should be slightly better this year. But still, it's going to be tough. I don't know. Washington's a tough team. I'm going to take the over 8.5 wins, though. I think them and the Cowboys. I think the NFC has kind of got a bad rep the past couple years, and for good reason. But I think the Cowboys and Washington are two teams that are going to be better than people think. Now the Giants. I'm in New York, well, I'm about to be in New York, technically, I'm in New Jersey right now, which is where the Giants fucking play anyway, um, but I'm going to be, I'm about to be in New York, guys, so I do have to be careful about what, I, what, what I'm about to say, but the New York Giants are going to suck, they're kind of going to fucking suck, it's, it's going to be a make or break season for Daniel Jones, and in my opinion, if I was a betting man, which I am, it's going to be a break. It's going to be a bad season for Daniel Jones. The Giants are in the middle of a rebuilding phase, and they're doing something that other teams, same mistakes that other teams are making, including the Bengals, like I just talked about. I mean, they signed Kenny Galladay. They signed Kyle Rudolph. They drafted Kadarius Toney to give Jones some weapons, but the Giants are making the same mistakes. Build the line first. How hard of a concept is this for people to get? You have to build the offensive line. The Giants allowed the second most sacks per game last season, a 3.1. Give the quarterbacks... Uh, all the weapons you want it won't matter if he has half a second to throw the ball before getting his head ripped off build the offensive line now their defense is average but not good enough to carry their offense it's gonna be another subpar year for the giants under seven and a half wins the eagles poor jalen hurts i think jalen hurts is a lot better than people give him credit for he's been tossed into a disastrous situation in philadelphia right now now did hurts have an amazing rookie season no but he was thrown into basically a no-win situation. Wasn't it the Saints that they beat, though, and he looked great? I think they beat the Saints. Um, 
But yeah, the season was all but over. There was already a locker room divide between players and coaches, not to mention Philadelphia's offensive line allowed the most sacks per game last season at 4.1. They had a serviceable defense, though, 18th in opponent yards per game, 20th in opponent points per game, so below average but serviceable. Um, but still, uh, are they going to be a terrible team? I don't think they're going to be good. I'm going to go under 6.5 wins. I'm going to go under six and a half wins, but I, I I do think they're going to be better than the Giants, though. Which brings me to my division winner. I flip-flop back and forth on this. I'm going to make this pick based on the odds only. Um, because really, if it's, if it's 50-50, I probably would have gone Cowboys. But it's not fit. But uh, Sorry, if the odds were 50-50, I probably would go Cowboys, but the odds aren't. So I'll take the team with a little bit longer odds. I'll go Washington. I think Washington has a chance to win it twice in a row. That Cowboys defense is just so bad. So bad. And the Cowboys always find a way to shoot themselves in the foot too. So I'm gonna, I am going to go Washington football team plus 240 to win the NFC East. But I think it's them or the Cowboys. I would be shocked if it's the Giants or Eagles. And that brings me to the AFC East. Now we are going to start with the Buffalo Bills. And right off the top, hand up. I wasn't a Josh Allen believer until probably halfway through last season. But now I am officially sold on Josh Allen. Now, does that mean I'm going to mush them and they're probably going to be a disappointment this year? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, probably not. I mean, the Bills' 13-3 and record last year, that was no fluke. They're fourth in the NFL in yards per game, 385.4. Third in points per game, averaging 29.9. They're also fourth in third down conversion percentage, which I like a lot. Um... And the Bills still play in one of the weak... Eh, can you say one of the weaker divisions? I would say... Yeah, I would say the second weakest division in the AFC. There's no reason why they won't have another great season. Another win total that I see is very low, which is strangely low. Ten and a half wins. Much like the Packers. i got to go over. Why wouldn't they hit the over on that in a 17-game season? So give me over ten and a half wins for the Buffalo Bills. And we got the Miami Dolphins now. They got the shit in the stick last year because they got 10 wins, and usually 10 wins is enough to make the playoffs, especially last year since they expanded to a 17 playoff, but they still didn't make it in. And then in the NFC, the god-awful Bears made it in at 8-8. Eight and eight. Now On the bright side, they had one of the youngest rosters in the NFL. Uh, they continue to have one of the, uh, a good a good head coach in Brian Flores. I think he's a fantastic head coach. The issue is the jury is still out on Tua Tangavailoa. I believe I said that right. Got to get back into form with my pronunciation of Tanya Vailoa as we head into the football season. Um, but they might even get to Sean Watson, which to me it seems like an insane move to make, but that, that'd be tough for Tua. Uh, now I did, I will admittedly, I caught a lot of flack last season. I was calling the Dolphins frauds a bit. I was wrong about this one, but the reason why I said it, and I think my logic is justified. I think I have sound logic in saying why I thought the Dolphins weren't as good as not necessarily the record, but uh, I think they were the best team against this spread last year, and I kept betting against them but kept losing. But the reason why, they ranked first in takeaways per game at 1.8, which is massive when it comes to winning close games because my point's kind of proven when you look at their defense. Their defense was fourth in scoring defense. They only gave up an average of 21.1 points per game, but... They were 19th in opponent yards per game, giving up 367.9, which is right next to teams like the Eagles and the Seahawks. Now, it's pretty rare for a defense to give up 367.9 yards per game, 
but only 21.1 points per game. That's rare. Now, a big reason why that happened is, like I said, they ranked first in takeaways, 1.8 per game, and a lot of them were timely. If you watch Dolphins games, like it was a lot of like red zone picks, red zone fumble recoveries, things like that. So that was why I was fading the Dolphins, because I think turnovers and takeaways are... Sometimes it can be kind of fluky. You know, you need the other quarterback to throw a bad pass and things like that. So, um, yeah, but with that, all that being said, I just kind of shit on the Dolphins there for a little bit. But I think they are going to get a little bit better. I think their defense might regress a little bit because of that turnover factor. But I do think their offense will take a step forward, which will kind of be... I think they'll end up right around where they were last year, which is 10 wins. The over-unders at 9, so with that being said, I will take the over-9 wins for the Dolphins. Next, we got the Patriots. Now, nothing brings me pleasure like seeing the New England Patriots be a bad football team. Truly. Truly. Nothing makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside like the Patriots getting their ass. I remember when the Rams played the Patriots last year. Rams just crushed them. I was giggling to myself the entire game like a little kid. I... Love it. But you know what makes me nervous is Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is going to be good. And I swear to God, if he ends up being a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you will find me in the Hudson River. I truly hate the Patriots with an unwavering passion. My least favorite sports team in all of professional sports. I hate them more than the Boston Bruins. I hate them more than the Montreal Canadiens. But with that being said, remember early, and this is early in the offseason. The Patriots like had one day where they signed Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, and Jonu Smith, and people said they were back. <laughs> They're going to be like a Super Bowl contender again because they signed Nelson Aguilar, Jonu Smith, and Hunter Henry, a couple like slightly above average tight ends, and a receiver who drops the ball. No, Patriots are going to be bad again this year, especially if Cam Newton starts. Now, this is the same situation that a lot of teams are in, which is they're probably going to go to the rookie quarterback at some point this season, but you don't really know when. But I see very little improvement from them this year. Nine wins, I think, is extremely high for this team. I will gladly take the under. New England Patriots, nine wins, under. Then we're going to finish off, well, not finish off, finish off the AFC East with the Jets. Now, really, Jets fans, I got a positive thing to say, nice thing to say about the Jets. At least you're at the Texans. More on the Texans in a minute, but at least you don't have to cheer for the Texans this year. But outside of that, it's going to be another tough year. Now, you do have Zach Wilson. You have someone who you can at least... Who at least will give me some hope. But who knows. They still don't have much around them. They lost their best defensive player to a season ending injury. And listen to how the Jets ranked in these stats last season. Last in points per game. 15.2. Last in yards per game. 27.9. Most punts per game. 5.1. 24th in opponent yards per game. 287.6. And then 26th in opponent points per game. So they're bad. Everywhere. They can't play offense. They can't play defense. I do like the head coaching hiring. The head coach hire of Robert Sala. I think he'll be good, but really who knows. And the Jets should take a step forward this year, but it is going to be a very small step. Turning around this franchise is not going to be a one-season thing. It's going to be a long-term project. Under 6.5 wins for the Jets. AFC East division winner going with the chalk here. Give me the Bills at minus 155. Next up, we got the NFC South. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I would like, if I could, please, I want to get off this Tom Brady nightmare ride. I've ranted about him before. If you haven't listened, go back and listen to some early episodes of the podcast. Not only has this guy dominated the league the entire 
time have been a fan of it, literally. And I've, like I said, I've brought this up in, a, in one of the first podcasts. The first NFL game I ever watched was when he beat my dad's favorite team, the new, the Los the then the St. Louis Rams in the, his first Super Bowl back in 2001. That was my introduction to the NFL. He has dominated the league since I've watched. He's 3-0 in the Super Bowl against teams that my family roots for. 2-0 against the Rams, 1-0 against the Falcons. And then he had to come to the Buccaneers, the Falcons' divisional rival, and then go win another fucking Super Bowl. Can you please, Tom, please, for my well-being, retire. Please. Please. I'm sick of it. And now I have to admit, because I got to at least be a little bit unbiased, they're probably going to be the best team in the NFC again. Why wouldn't they? I believe, if I'm correct, that every single one of their starters from last season is returning. They were almost unbeatable once the team started to gel halfway through the season. Brady figured out the playbook. And as much as I want to say Brady was going to start to suck or the Bucks are going to regress, they won't. At least there's no signs they will. I'm truly living in a... I'm truly, truly in a living hell. Daisy just jumped up on my desk. Are you going to say something to the microphone, Daisy? Do you agree with me? No, you're just going to sit. Over 11.5 wins for the Bucks. Oh, are you going to say something? No, you're just going to stare at me. All right, New Orleans Saints next. I hate the Aints. I feel like I'm on a little tangent here of teams uh, that I hate, but... I hate the, I mean, I gotta hate these NFC South. The only team in the NFC South I don't really hate is the Panthers because they're so bad. I just kind of feel bad for them. Um, but I will say about the Saints is I am a Jameis Winston believer. People forget he led the league in passing yards in his last season as a starter with the Bucks. Now I know he also threw 30 interceptions, but he threw those yards, he threw those touchdowns, and I actually think the Saints will be better than they were with an old Drew Brees who couldn't throw the ball 30, down, 30 yards down the field. Little betting tidbit which kind of at least supports my point. Might not prove it, but it supports it. Over the last two seasons, in the 10 games that Drew Brees did not play in, the Saints 8-2 and two against the spread. And I believe they, I think straight up they might have been 8-2 as well, if not they were close to it. But 8-2 and two against the spread, that was Teddy Bridgewater two years ago and then Taysom Hill last year. So I actually think Saints might be better with James Winston this year. And also people forget, another thing they forget is the Saints had a very good defense last year. Second in the NFL in opponent yards per game. Third best scoring defense, only allowed an average of 20.9. I find it hard to imagine they're going to regress just because Drew Brees retired. Now that might a little bit, but their win total's at 9. Are they going to regress that much to have a 9-8 and eight season without Drew Brees? I don't think so, and this is going to pain me to do as a Falcons fan, but give me the over 9 wins for the Saints. Now, finally, my beloved, my beloved Falcons. Now, first thing I have to address is people telling me that I'm not a real Falcons fan because I tried to become a different fan of a different team last year. If anything, I think that proved how much of a Falcons fan I am by not being able to actually go through with it. I tried, but it's in my blood to cheer for the Falcons. Even if I was betting against them, I found myself sitting on my couch fist-pumping when they got a first down, so... I'm a Falcons fan, it's in my blood. Even though they blow leads where they have a 99.8% chance of winning, they blow those leads multiple weeks in a row, they're cursed. I have no choice. It's I'm too deep in, in, into the Falcons now, I can't switch teams. So I'm sorry for those of you who are offended that I try to switch to a different team. I know I have a lot of followers who listen to this podcast in Atlanta. I'm sorry. 
I'm a Falcons fan. It's in my blood. I can't change. And I recognize that now. I had to I had to break up with him for a few weeks to, to realize that. But for this season, I gotta say, all my faith is in new head coach Arthur Smith. But I just don't know what I don't know how he's gonna fix this defense, because the defense is atrocious. I actually think their roster on got worse on defense this year compared to last year. I will say I am glad we got rid of Julio. He's past his prime, and I think he's more past his prime than non-Falcons fan realize. Like, everyone's going nuts about how good he's going to be in Tennessee. I don't think so, guys. He's a band-aid. I would be shocked if he gets through this season with the Titans healthy. And he's, he's just Now, he is. Julio's an all-time great. I will always love Julio. I would say he's my favorite Falcon of all time, for sure. Top five favorite player of all time in the NFL. Favorite Falcon of all time. But... He's past his prime. I don't think he's going to do well with the Titans. I am excited about Kyle Pitts. I believe in Matt Ryan, who's the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Calvin Ridley's a stud, but this team is clearly rebuilding. But to be fair, they have a last place schedule. Their extra 17th game is against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll take the over 7.5 wins. Is that biased? Probably. I'll take the over 7.5 wins. They might. And I say might squeak into the playoffs but that's definitely my bias speaking but we'll see about that then we'll finish off this division with the panthers now i don't know why on god's green earth why the panthers would go with sam darnold over teddy bridgewater teddy bridgewater completed 69.1 percent of his passes last season sam darnold completed 59.6 that's a 9.5 percent completion difference and they decided to trade for sam darnold why they're not going to fix him. Darnold has been seeing ghosts his whole career in a new environment, especially a team like Carolina, which isn't much better than the Jets. They're not going to fix him. Without even considering their defense or coaching, they're going to fade the Panthers this season almost solely based on Darnold. I actually think they'd be better if they start Will Greer instead. How about that? There is no way in hell a Sam Darnold-led team is winning eight games under seven and a half wins for the Carolina Panthers, and unfortunately, I have to take the chalk to win the division. NFC South winner, Bucks minus two seventy-five. Now we're switching over to the AFC South with the Colts. Now it's a pretty obvious thing to say, and it's the same thing with most NFL teams this year. But the success of the Colts will come down to the the play of their quarterback Carson Wentz. So that's the big question with him this year. Now that's an obvious thing to say, but is he going to look like the Wentz we saw in twenty seventeen with Frank Reich? Or is he going to look like last year's Carson Wentz, which, which was brutal? Now, one thing that is extremely important to note, and this is, in my opinion, extremely important to note. The Eagles had the worst pass protection in the NFL last year. I brought this up already. 4.1 sacks per game, dead last. Now Carson Wentz gets to play behind an offensive line, which only allowed 1.2 sacks per game in 2020. One of the better pass-protecting offensive lines in the NFL. Will that make a big difference? We'll see. But that's something to keep in mind. If Carson Wentz does a lot better this year, I bet a big reason of it is because it is going to be because he will have time in the pocket. Now, in defense, the Colts rank 9th in opponent yards uh, per game, 11th in opponent points per game. They have a solid unit. It will also help the Colts that they have four games against the Texans and Jaguars, who are two of the worst teams in the league. So with their win projection at 9, I'm taking the over. Now, Carson Wentz injury does kind of concern me a little bit, but regardless, taking the over 9 wins for the Colts. I actually think Sam Ellinger might not be bad. If he ever gets a shot in the NFL as a starter, we'll see. Now, next up, we have the Titans. And I actually think the Titans are going to regress this season. And I really do believe that. First of all, let's start with Derrick Henry. 
Now, I alluded to this earlier in the podcast when I ranked Derrick Henry as like my fifth or sixth fantasy running back this season. We know running backs, especially workhorse backs, they deteriorate fast in the NFL these days. Look at Todd Gurley. Now, Henry is sort of past his prime, and Henry's better than Todd Gurley. Let me just get out in front of that right now. But Henry's sort of past his prime. He's Even though he's 27, this is around when running backs, running backs start to regress, especially after the amount of carries last year. And I also found this interesting nugget to kind of support that statement before you get too mad at me. Listen to this. The season after NFL running backs rushed for 2,000 yards, they've regressed by at least 562 yards the following season. Now, still, if he regresses by 562 yards, he'll still have 1,500 yards in the season. And I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I'm not saying he's going to be junk right now. But don't expect a 2,000-yard Derrick Henry again this year. I just don't think it's going to happen. I would, If I was drafting him in fantasy, I think I would draft him behind CMC, Cook, Kamara, Aaron Jones, and maybe Najee Harris. And I might, am I forgetting someone else? Oh, Chubb. Chubb, obviously, too. So, one, two, three, four... He's a fifth or sixth running back, in my opinion. And now, the even bigger reason why I think the Titans will regress. People forget that their defense was atrocious last season. 24th in scoring defense, 29th in opponent yards per game, dead last in opponent third down conversion percentage, 30th in red zone defense, and they made no moves this offseason to significantly improve any of those areas. I would be shocked if a team with that bad of a defense can win 11 games in two straight seasons. I think they regress. I'm going with the under 9.5 wins for the Titans. Now we got the Jaguars. Now you guys want to hear a little spicy take. I, before every single NFL season, I like to give a little hot take. A little spicy take. And my spicy take for this year is that Trevor Lawrence will be an average quarterback at best in the NFL. I've never been impressed with him the times I've watched him. Now I will say a caveat to that. I'm not a diehard college football fan. I'm going to try to get into it more this year. So I've only seen a limited amount of his games. But his last three college football playoff games, if my memory serves correct, he did not look good, especially in the national championship game against LSU in 2019. He looked terrible in that game. And he also hasn't looked good in the preseason, probably the worst of all rookie quarterbacks. So on top of all this, he has nobody surrounding him, which you know by now, in my opinion, is a recipe to kill young quarterbacks' confidence. And then you have Urban Meyer, who clearly, like Nick Saban, people forget Nick Saban was a coach in the NFL and did not go well. These guys are meant to be college football coaches. There's a different type of mentality being between being a college coach and being an NFL coach. Just because you succeed at one doesn't mean you will succeed at the other. And that goes the other way as well. There's NFL coaches who would not do good in college. Bill Belichick would not be a good college coach in my opinion. I think Urban Meyer is a college guy. So I think this team is going to be shit show again. Their win total is six. <clears throat> Nuts in my opinion. That's bold. That's why? <laughs> so uh, I think the under six might be my favorite under win total bet of the year under six wins for the Jaguars next we have the Houston Texans I don't think the Houston Texans are going to win a game this season how about that I didn't write down a prop bet I didn't find it when I looked through my books but I'm sure there is a prop bet somewhere out there for if a team will go 0-17 or maybe even you can bet it on the Texans specifically if you can I would put a couple bucks on that Unless Deshaun Watson somehow ends up playing for them again, they have literally nobody. I don't know if I remember seeing a team that has been this much of a a shell of a team in my life. To Rod Taylor as a starting quarterback, 
Mark Ingram, who's like 60 years old at this point, is a running back. They do have a decent talent at wide receiver. Brandon Cooks, Chris Conley, and Kiki Kuti. But they had one of the worst defenses in the NFL last season, and now they got worse in the offseason on defense. It is going to be ugly to watch. Like I said, I honestly clip this. Keep this in your head. My prediction is I don't think the Texans are going to win a game this season. They might squeak one out against the Jaguars. I don't think they're going to win a game. Under four wins, lock it in. AFC South, division winner, going with the Colts, a plus 140. I think the Titans regress too much. All right, and we're finishing up with the West Division's LA Rams. Actually, before I get into the Rams itself, this is the best division in the NFL this season. Can I say that? I feel like that's that's fair, isn't it? Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, Cardinals. This has to be the best, at least preseason as we look ahead now by the end of it hindsight's 2020 but it seems like the nfc west is going to be the best division and i think the rams are the best team in the best division how about that they were a competent quarterback away from being a super bowl contender last season they were the only defense in the nfl to allow fewer than 300 of offense 300 yards of offense per game the opponents averaged only 292.2 against them they were also one of only two teams to allow fewer than 20 points per game their scoring defense allowed 19.3, and they were second sacks per game at 3.2. Now, their defense did slightly regress a little bit. They lost Troy Hill, um, but they weren't terribly, uh, uh, as far as offensive goes, they weren't terrible. They ranked around middle of the pack in most categories, but Jared Goff was their downfall. He was terrible, and he gave a lot of games away with ill-timed turnovers. Now, is Matthew Stafford the savior in L.A.? I, I'm not sold on it. I don't know if he's going to be a stud, but I don't think he has to be. I think he just needs to be competent. He needs to not turn the ball over. He needs to make some throws when he needs to. He needs to play at an above average level. And the Rams defense will still be good enough to win them a lot of games. Over 10.5 wins for the LA Rams. I think they're going to be good. More on that in a bit. San Francisco 49ers. Everyone is expecting the 49ers to return to Super Bowl form this year after being devastated with injuries last season. And I don't know if that will necessarily be the case. Is Jimmy G the answer at quarterback? Maybe. Is Trey Lance NFL ready? Yeah, maybe. I actually have a feeling that for this team, we may see a little flip-flop between the two, these two guys, which will look like a similar situation to what we saw with Fitzpatrick and Tua in Miami last year. So... 49ers, obviously a very good team. Obviously, they were decimated with injuries last year. They'll be 100% uh, on defense this year as far as health goes, which is going to help them a lot. And they will definitely be better than they were last season. But are they going to be returned to like the form they were two years ago? I don't know if they have the quarterback to do it. I don't think Jimmy G is that guy. Trey Lance maybe could be that guy, but is he going to be that guy in his rookie season? <sighs> it's tough. It's tough. I'm not going to die on this hill. I wouldn't die on this hill. I wouldn't argue this too, too much. But I am going to go with the under 10.5 wins. I think that's a little it's a little ambitious. I think they get 10. I think they finish 10-7. and seven. This team will be fascinating to watch this year. Uh, Seahawks. I think the most important guy on the Seahawks this year that will determine how good they are is going to be a guy by the name of Shane Waldron. They're, they're new offensive coordinator because the offensive playbook and offensive play calling has killed the Seahawks offense and killed Russell Wilson the past two seasons the only times they did well they had that thing that was like let Russell cook heading into last year and they started to 
and he did well. Remember the first like half of the season, he was like easily the MVP of the league. But letting Russell cook is really just letting him scramble around and, th- and then throw deep balls. Well, the thing, if you do that, is that defenses, NFL defenses just eventually catch on. Teams just started to run like a cover three against them, and then the second half of the season, their offense sucked. So let Russell cook is good in theory, but letting a guy just scramble around and chuck deep balls to DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett's only going to work to a certain extent. <laughs> In the NFL, college, you can win a national championship like that. Defenses and defensive coordinators, too smart. They figured it out. So Shane Waldron's new offense is going to be very, very interesting. I wouldn't be anywhere between the Seahawks could win anywhere from six games to 12 games this year, and I wouldn't be surprised. Now, if they only win five or if they win 13, I'd be surprised. But they could on it if it was they finished six and 11 this year or they finished uh, 12 and 5, I would have the same reaction. I wouldn't be that shocked. Now, their win total is at 10. I'm going to go under. I think 10 is a little too much. I don't have that much confidence in them. But much like the 49ers, I will not die on this hill. Because like I said, it comes down to an offensive coordinator scheme that we don't know what it's going to be right now. If it looks fantastic the first four weeks, I might be convinced by week three that they're a Super Bowl contender. Or it could be the opposite, and I'll say they'll miss the playoffs. Tough to tell, but on the win total, I'll go under 10. And a big part of that is their division. Tough division. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Is Kyler Murray good? I can't tell. Truly, I can't. I called him a future bust for a while. That was one of my preseason hot takes in his rookie year, that he was going to be out of the league in like four years. And then as soon as I apologized on that take halfway through last season, he played the rest of the year like shit. So, (laughs) I don't know. Is Kyler Murray good? Yes, no, I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I who someone who I don't think is good is Cliff King, Kingsbury. Don't think he's a great head coach. Cardinals also have an average defense, rank around middle of the pack in most categories. They're another tough team to figure out. This whole division is tough. Not only are they tough as in they're all good teams, they're tough as in I can't get a great read on them on at least three of them. Their win total set at eight. I think that's just about right, but I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. If I were to rank the teams in the division, I'd go Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks. But it could be the complete opposite, and I wouldn't be shocked. Except for, I mean, the Rams probably won't come last. But I'm going to go over 9 on the Cardinals' win total. In the NFC West winner, I will take the Rams at plus 185. Now we've got the AFC West. Uh, Chiefs. This is going to be my shortest breakdown of the entire bunch. Every single football fan knows what the Chiefs are. Patrick Mahomes is amazing. Defense solid. Glaring weakness was their offensive line, and they dressed it in the offseason, mainly by trading for Orlando Brown. I'm not going to repeat all the shit that you guys already know. I will point out one stat about the Chiefs, so that you need to pay attention to. Their defense was dead last in red zone defense last year. Not good. Tough to win a Super Bowl when you're dead last in red zone defense. They need to improve on that this year, but regardless, 12 wins, I'll take the over. They'll still be probably the best team in the in the regular season. Chargers. Brandon Staley is a betting favorite to win coach of the year, and for good reason, because he is entering into a dream situation for a new coach in the NFL. Coming into a young team that's loaded with talent, I'm interested to see if Justin Herbert can repeat last season's success. We'll see. I think he will regress a little bit. But if you guys listened to the podcast last season, you know my feelings about the Chargers. They were the most frustrating team for me to handicap because they are average at literally everything. They had no defining features. I need a team to be really good in some things, bad in some things, or just really good in everything, bad in... I, like, I need I need something to go off of. When you're average in literally every single statistic, I don't really know what to do with you. And that's what the Chargers were. 
I mean, with that being said, their win total is nine and a half games. I think that's right. Uh, I don't like it. It's tough because, like I said, I go back and look at last year's stats. I'm trying to figure out how good they're going to be this year. And you look at everything, they're like 12th, 14th, 16th, 18th, 15th, 13th, 14th. Like, it's what do I do with those with those kinds of stats? So I'm going to go under nine and a half wins because I think I've taken more overs and unders up to this point. So I don't know. Chargers are the most confusing team in the NFL for me to handicap. I'll go under nine and a half wins though. Broncos. I think they made the right choice in going with Teddy Bridgewater for the starter. I think the guy's a stud. He is, and I tweeted this out a few days ago, 36 and 14 against the spread as a starting QB in the NFL. That's a cover rate of 72%. So you are damn right. Week one, I'll be on the Broncos against the Giants for sure. Based on that alone, Teddy covers. We, we love Teddy Covers on the Bacon Bets podcast. Now, the Broncos' defense was slightly below average last season. They did have some injuries. Um, they got Patrick Sertan, which I think is going to be a great cornerback. Going to be another interesting team to, to watch. Not too sure what to expect. Win totals 8.5, though. Once again, another interesting number. I think it's a game too high, though. But I, I will be betting on them most weeks to cover with Teddy Covers as the quarterback. I'm going to go under 8.5 wins, though. And then we got the... Raiders. People forget Raiders actually had one of the best passing attacks in the NFL last season. Eighth in yards per game at 263.3. Fourth in yards per attempt at 7.76. And third down conversion rate. Now what killed them is they were one point they gave away the ball. They had 1.6 giveaways per game. And they paired that with only 0.9 takeaways per game. Which was third last in the NFL. So big difference maker giving the ball away too much, not being able to take good ways, and then not a good defense on top of it. Bottom third in most statistics, including 30th in opponent third down conversion rate, 30th in opponent points per game. They are basically the opposite of the Chargers. Chargers are average in everything. Raiders are either really good in some things or really bad in others. Um, but with their win total at 7, I'm actually going to take the over. I think they might be able to get to 8, and that 7, since the number I got is exactly at 7, the push is a possibility there as well. So Raiders over seven wins. So there you have it, folks. I will quickly recap that before I get into my futures pick. So really quick, I'm just going to list them all off, but I'm starting to lose my voice. I'm an hour into it, and I have not stopped talking. Packers over 10.5. Vikings over 9. Bears under 7.5. Lions under 5.5. And, and I'm taking the Vikings to win the NFC North. Ravens under 11, Browns over 10.5, Steelers under 8.5, Bengals under 6.5, Browns plus 155 to win the AFC North. Cowboys over 9.5, Washington over 8.5, Giants under 7.5, Eagles over 6.5, division winner Washington football team plus 240. Bills over 10.5, Dolphins over 9 wins, Patriots under 9 wins, Jets under six and a half wins. Bills win the division, minus 155. Bucks over 11 and a half wins. Saints over nine wins. Falcons over seven and a half wins. Panthers under seven and a half wins. Bucks win the NFC South, minus 275. Colts over nine wins. Titans under nine and a half wins. Jaguars under six wins. Texans under six wins. Colts win the AFC South, plus 140. Rams over 10 and a half. 49ers. Under 10.5, Seahawks. Under 9. Was it under 9 for the Seahawks? Under t- Sorry, under 10 for the Seahawks. 
and then over um, for the Cardinals. Over 8 for the Cardinals. Rams to win the NFC West to plus 185. Chiefs over 12 wins. Chargers under 9.5 wins. Broncos under 8.5 wins. Raiders over 7 wins. And then, oh, I didn't say it. Obviously, I'm taking the Chiefs to win the division. I didn't even write down what the juice was for that. I mean, the Chiefs are winning that division. Minus 310. Ooh, make a lot of money on that one. And now, finally, to finish us off, my futures for the 2021 NFL season. Before I lose my voice here, I'm going to start off with make to pl- the playoffs. i got four teams I'm betting on to make the playoffs. First one will get out of the way because it's biased. Falcons plus 220. As a Falcons fan, I'm obligated to at least bet on them to make the playoffs. So I'll take them plus 220. Rams minus 190. A little juicy, but I think they're an absolute lock to make the postseason this year. Saints minus 105. And Vikings, my surprise team of the year at even money. To miss the playoffs. Patriots minus 155. Seahawks minus 105. Titans plus 155. Love that Titans bet for them to miss the playoffs. Plus 155. First NFL coach to be fired. Now, you might have to go to an offshore book to bet this, but I did find this, and I'm betting on Zach Taylor of the Bengals, a plus plus 850 to be the first NFL head coach to be fired. I think the Bengals are a shit show, mismanaged, bad coach, plus 850 to be the first coach fired. Now, awards. Let's start with MVP. I made two bets. Dak Prescott, 15-1. to 1. I found him at, and some books actually found him as short as 7-1, to one. but uh, one regulated book, and if you're interested, you can DM me, but hashtag no free ads, Dak Prescott 15-1. to one. I brought up about how last year, it was small sample size, but he was on pace to smash the NFL passing record, and that passing record's going to be broken probably this year because it's an extra game in the regular season, but if he keeps up that effort, and if he stays healthy throughout the whole season... 15 to 1, I think is great value on him to win MVP. Jameis Winston is my other pick, 30 to 1. Long shot. I to- I talked about Jameis Winston when I talked with the Saints. Coach of the year, Sean McVay of the Rams, plus 2,000. I think he can bring the Rams back to a contender if Matt Stafford ends up being at least competent. I think if he wins the, the competitive NFC West, one of the better teams in the NFC, I'll take him to win coach of the year, plus 2,000. Comeback player of the year, I think Dak Prescott's lock as long as he stays healthy. If he gets hurt, he won't win this. But if he's healthy, Dak Prescott plus 175 is a lock. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. Browns plus 325, he's the favorite as well. Defensive rookie of the year, uh, Quiddy Pay. Is that how you pronounce it? The Colts uh, pass rusher. He played Michigan, I believe. Uh, 14-1. to 1. A lot of good things I saw in preseason from him. I think he's a great bet at 14-1. to 1. Quiddy Pay for defensive rookie of the year. Offensive Rookie of the Year, you would think I would go quarterback. I'm actually going to go Najee Harris at 9-1. I think the Steelers are going to feed him the rock. I think he's going to be a workhorse for them this year. And I don't know how many rookie quarterbacks are going to be able to play enough this year to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. And if if you draft, if you pick anyone other than Lawrence, then you're just gambling that they're going to start him at some point early enough in the season so that he can win the award. I think, if I'm right, Lawrence is the only rookie quarterback who will be starting week one, and I gave you my thoughts on Lawrence. I don't think he'll have a good enough season to win Rookie of the Year. So Offensive Rookie of the Year, Najee Harris, 9-1. to And then here we have it. My NFC winner this year is going to be the... Take a second, and based on what I've said about... Because I've talked about all 32 teams. You, the listener, guess in your head right now who you think, based on what I've said, 
Who do you think I'm going to pick as the NFC champion? Who do you think I'm going to pick as the AFC champion? Give you five seconds. See if you're right. Now, I didn't go chalk. I mean, I'll give you that hint. I didn't go Chiefs and Bucks. Who wants to Who wants to listen to a guy predict a rematch of last year's Super Bowl? Boring. NFC champion, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Congratulations to anyone who guessed them. I would doubt anyone who guessed my AFC champion because this is off the radar. AFC champion, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Not only am I picking the Cleveland Browns to win the AFC this year, my friends, my loyal Bacon Bets listeners, my suit, my pick to win Super Bowl 56 is the Cleveland Browns. Six, 14 to 1. Sorry, I got them at 14 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I believe football games are one in the trenches and I told you guys I think the Browns have the best combination of offensive defensive line I think Nick Chubb is a beast I think they did a great job of addressing weaknesses that they had on defense with their two signings I think Baker Mayfield he just needs to get a little bit more consistent and he's going to be right up there as a top tier quarterback OBJ is going to be back in the lineup healthy Cleveland Browns to win this year's Super Bowl 14 to 1 they gave the Chiefs a run in the playoffs last year don't forget they gave him a run. They didn't get their ass kicked. They gave him a run. My win went my pick to win the Super Bowl, Cleveland Browns. So there you have it. My tank is empty. I, I'm gonna I probably won't be able to speak tomorrow. I've now spoke for a an hour and seven minutes straight without shutting up. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back next week for my picks for week one of the NFL season. We're gonna start the road to two hundred and seventy two bets next week. Buckle up. And I'm going to be putting out a lot of college picks this year, too. I'm 3-2. I went 3-2. and two. Profitable week, 3-2 and two in week zero. Nebraska was a dud, but still I went 3-2 and two for the day. I'm going to get into college football a little bit this year as well, so keep an eye out for that. Follow me on Twitter, Ian MacBets. Follow me on TikTok, Ian MacBets. Going to be some content on there. Follow me on Instagram, Ian MacBets. I-A-I-N-M-A-C-P-E-T-S. Subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends. Tell your lovers about this. Thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you all next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.